You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bro Down Podcast. I'm Tim Fulton. I'm Andy Smith. And this is Fight Fan Weekly. Fight yeah. Fan Weekly, we come at you with some MMA and UFC news. And we're also going to be doing a little uh, predictions for the fight this weekend. UFC Fight Night, Overeem versus Rosenberg. Mm, sounds about right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to be throwing a little bit of a curveball here. We're going to be talking about five UFC rule changes that we kind of would like to see. Yeah, these are things that I've been hearing about for so, quite some time. And this is off the top of my head, the top five things that I would like to at least try. See how they would work out. Uh, so this is an official plea to the UFC because we know Dana White pays attention. So he's an avid watcher. Avid watcher, top subscribers. <laughs> um, so break it down for us, Andrew. Okay, so numero uno. Okay, on here is I would like to chest out to see a two minute break. I heard this recently on a podcast, Shale Sonnen's podcast, because that's what Pride used to do, and I heard two minute break, and I had never thought that they would change that but a two-minute break in between rounds why do you think that would be other than just like giving the guys more time to rest up in between to yeah. like give them a little bit more steam back well it's double the time yeah right so they get a minute so if you look at trying to make guys more you know more active in there more put on a display type thing if you know you got two minutes in between rounds i think the output Guys will be a little bit more willing to just, like, work as opposed to, like, not. I can see what you're saying. Um, it's really just a matter of I think it's – I think it'd be safer. Even though there'd be more energy to land shit, I think it would it would help the fighters as far as safety. That's fair. Plus, there would be the added be bonus wrong. of giving me more time to pee in between rounds. Pee? Yeah, I yeah. would now have two minutes instead of one. Yeah, um, I'm all for this rule. The more that I think about it, yeah, it would be it would be interesting um, to see how that would affect guys. It might not affect them at all, but I think some guys would would probably have a higher output knowing they have two minutes in between rounds. Even if it's a little bit so, uh, subconscious, I could see. Guys yeah, putting... well, it's yeah. Uh, I I think it would have a tremendous, yeah. tremendous effect on it. I'm all for it. Yeah. I approve. What's okay. next? Okay. Numero dos. This one gonna be a little controversial because it's never gonna happen. But I think that if they took away the downed opponent thing altogether, explain the rule in better detail. Okay, so downed opponent basically means that once somebody's downed, you cannot kick or knee them in the face anymore or the head. Okay. So. If and they changed this rule slightly to where it used to be, um, what what was defined as a downed opponent change? It right? depends on what state that you that you compete in. So it, sometimes it's anything other than the flat of your foot. Okay. So if you put one finger on the ground, you're a downed opponent. You're a downed opponent. Okay. Now other rules is like people explain it as three points of contact. So like a knee, a shoulder, and a hand. Then you're, yes. you're a downed opponent. Okay. But. Three points of con- like if both your feet are on the ground or whatever, or like you have like you one foot is off the ground and the other foot's on the ground, that's not three points of contact. So that's not really a good way of explaining it. Okay. So it's basically when anything other than the soles of your feet are touching the ground. So if your knee is touching the ground, you're a downed opponent. Okay. Um, p- 
part of the reason why they obviously have this rule is because of safety. Yeah. Because Pride didn't used to have this rule, but they used to allow soccer kicks, knees to the head, all that stuff, which I think what they should do or what they could do, um, not that they should, but what they could is take away the downed opponent. Because guy leaning against the fence and his hand can touch the ground versus not touch the ground, his face is in the same position. Yeah. So you're kind of not really changing anything there. At the very least, that rule seems not well defined, which well, is a it, problem that seems like plagues the sport a little it, bit. It is defined, but the problem is is that when – It's poorly defined. Well, it's like if I, if I go to th- – if your hand is on the ground and you're clearly a downed opponent, and I throw a knee at your face, and you, as a fighter, see a knee screaming at your face, and you take your hand off of the canvas to block your face, you're not a downed opponent anymore. Yeah. But why are you not a downed opponent? Well, did that happen in one of the fights that we saw just recently, right? Yeah. What, was that the Askren fight? I don't remember exactly. No, I don't think so. Maybe it was. No, I, I, think, well, I think she stood that. It was the female judge, whoever. Yeah, well, they he no female judges didn't do the Askren fight. Yeah, you're right. So uh, might have been the what, Askren card. What whatever fight? No, because she she ended up doing the main event. I think. Oh, whatever the female judge was for, it was for that fight, and I remember that's exactly what happened. He was a downed opponent, but then he wasn't, and so everyone was discussing. All right, well, when should it really matter? Is it when you throw the knee? Well, I think that I think that if you throw a strike towards his face and that is what causes him to change to pull his hand up that's kind of cheating yeah getting him so what are you supposed to do you're supposed to just eat that knee to the face just so you can be like see i was down <laughs> now they're gonna give him a warning yeah plus no one has the time to think yeah like that so like but if you're throwing a strike to the ribs and the guy does it and then you throw it you know, but if you throw something at his face is that like you shouldn't be I don't think it's right if you throw the strike at someone's face when they're down an opponent. It's intent. Yeah, it's the it's intent, intent to throw it, right? So I think what you could do is you could allow, you could take away the grounded opponent. Okay. But when it comes to knees on the ground, kicks on the ground for for the standing opponent, nothing to the top of the head because in pride, if I had north south position on someone, I could just knee the top of your head into your spine. Okay. <laughs> Which is dangerous as fuck. Yeah. Um, so I think top of the head, you can't knee. Back of the head, you can't knee your kick. Same thing as it is now um, when you're standing. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, I think that they should be no stomps. And the reason I say no stomps is because of the cage. In Pride, they had the ring, and you could move your head outside the ring if you were on the ground. Yeah. The cage, if someone stomps your neck into the cage, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, you have nowhere to go. I just – I could be wrong with my thinking process there where, you know, a knee might not be – it might be just as devastating as a kick. But I just feel like the stomp in that is a little bit too much. That's fair. But then you just get very egregious with the – or very strict with the rules. Like if you knee someone in the top of the head in the, in the north-south position, it's a point. Pick your strikes. Okay. You're a professional. If you don't think that it's like hunting, if you don't think you have a clear shot, don't take the shot. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're taking a risk, but if you roll them wrong, then you get stood up and you lose a point. I don't know if I wholly agree with that hard line. Because I, mistakes mistakes happen. 
they do happen. But here's the thing. This is the reason why I think that points should be taken away. This is one of my other things on here. So that that bleeds into uh, warnings and points taken away. Okay. So we're in the middle of a fight. I'm going like this. I'm 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 pulling at you with an open hand. Okay. Referee says keep your hands closed. I do not obey. I go to paw you as you come in. I poke you in the eye. You're having trouble seeing now. Do you think a warning is sufficient? No. And the reason I think that is because he was given a verbal warning during the during the actual fight. If there was nothing said. There's st- there, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I totally see what you're yeah. saying. And that I that's where I'm tending to go to with this. But before every fight. The referee goes backstage, and he tells these guys exactly what he expects from them. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 see, I see what you're saying, too. Yeah. They're, they're professionals. They know that they can't claw. They know to keep closed fists or whatever. And, But like I was saying before, mistakes happen. You're, they do. You're, you're literally in a fight for your life in a certain sense. And sometimes, like, your body just takes over itself. So if nothing was said— and I go like that. Then I think a warning is okay. Let me but, ask you. Go ahead. And I see what you're saying. But a warning. No, no, no. That's not what I'm going to say. Fear. No, that's not what I'm going to say. No. But, but if he was given a verbal warning in the actual moment and it was obvious that the ref said it, everyone could hear it. Yeah. Then, yeah, he should be – a point should be taken away. Okay. So, if in wrestling. Yeah. You're wrestling in high school. Yes. Somebody smashes their head into your face. Yes. And they're like, hey, that's a, that's a warning. And your nose is busted and bleeding. Well, they say, hey, shit happens. We won't do it again. We promise. But shit happens. Well, now we're going to get into a really weird discussion about intent, right? Yeah. So, and I, I know that there's going to be a bunch of gray areas here. So, 100%. So, it's, it's hard to like – these are the things where it's hard to make a clear decision because – Anyone at any point can say, well, what about? Yes. And there's always another, well, what about? But my general philosophy is intent, right? So if someone tries to – and we just had this discussion. Back Mm -hmm. when I wrestled back in the day, I had a kid. He didn't know what to do. He backed the back of his head into the front of my head and busted my nose open. I was bleeding like crazy. I got the pin. I won. Um, (laughs) Just got to throw that in there. But mm. that was clear intent. He had no other options, so he chose an illegal move. If uh, going back to the eye poke, because that's what we were discussing, if someone truly accidentally poked you in the eye, I don't equate those as the same thing. So that's but, why I think a warning in one case is fair, and in the other case, you have to look at the guy and say, well, you're purposely breaking a rule. Yes. I know it's hard to. I know it's hard to like actually say we know for a fact. Yes, because gonna... you can't you can't prove intent in this situation, yeah. really. Yeah, exa- exactly. But my issue with this is, you, it's your fucking eyes, especially for this case. It's your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh well, I didn't mean it. Well, guess what? You know the fucking rules, right? Yeah. You know that you're not allowed to paw with an open hand. You are breaking the rules when you're pawing with an open hand. You're not allowed to do that. So if we start taking points away from guys on the first offense, I guarantee you guys will start closing their fucking hands. Okay, that's fair. I could see that too. 
You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like if you go into that knowing, like, hey, like grabbing the fence. All right, what if they don't poke the eye? They just open the hand. If they open the hand, it's a warning. But if they if they're opening their hand and nothing happens, then nothing happens. But if they're opening their hands and it's not like an accidental like See, that's that's where the gray area comes in. Yeah. If like it's in the middle of a of a of a scramble and somebody goes to like reach up to push on her shoulder and they accidentally hit the eye, yeah. that's not pawing with a hand. That's that's you're trying to grapple and the guy moved his head and you did that. But standing up and you're pawing at the guy like this with an open hand, you know that the, that you're not supposed to do that. And the only way to get guys to change doing that because some guys use that as a strategy yeah. so that guys yeah. don't lunge in. Is like pulling at their face with an open hand because they don't want to take one in the eye. So that's what she said. So <laughs> the only way to change that is the first offense is to, to tell the refs, warn them the second you see it. Yeah. And then after that first offense, you take a point. See that that I would agree with. If if I was assured that the ref would warn them as it was happening, I would say first offense. Yeah. Take, yeah. Take the, the point away. Exceptions but, to the rule would be like Yair versus uh, Jeremy Stevens where the eye poke happened in the first 10 seconds of the fight. Yeah. So the, where's the ref going to warn you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that fight ended up – it didn't happen because he couldn't continue. Yeah. But that's the other thing too, like groin strikes, right? You know you're not supposed to kick someone in the balls. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, stuff happens. It's like, well, yeah, stuff does happen. But now I have to fight with my nuts killing me because you fucked up. There's nothing against you that happened bad. I'm at the disadvantage now. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's but, not every but groin strike like, is made evenly. Yeah, I know. And I, I'm playing devil's advocate here for the sake of playing devil's advocate. For the sake of playing yeah. devil's advocate. But things do happen. But, I mean, guys guy shift bodies. Uh, sometimes you just miscalculate. Yeah, so, sometimes the, 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 the foot slides up. Sometimes and, the foot, foot slides up. So I, I see what you're saying, but... What about two? Two groin strikes? All right, then you should have learned your lesson. But what if it again? What if it's the guy just happened to move when you were throwing the kick? All right. Well, we're we're getting to the realm of like what is and isn't fair. And that's the problem with making rules. That's the problem with making rules. I I see life's not fair. Yeah, I kicked yeah. you in the groin. I only got a warning. There's been fights where guys have been kicked in the balls. I think three or four times, and no points been taken away. See that that to me is absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Um. But if we're going to if we're going to the side of oh, but that's not fair. All right. You kicked me in the groin. It's not fair for me. My I, my fucking balls hurt, right? Yeah. All right, you did it again. Yeah, it's an accident. Well, we're going to switch up who it's not fair for this time. It's yes. not fair to you. I, I can get it. behind that that rule where it's – all right, the first one, it's a mulligan if it's not intentional. Agreed. The second one, I'm sorry if you didn't mean it, but you're getting a point. Yeah, that, that, that I would – I can back that. Yeah. Yes. And so I just think that – with a lot of these rules that are – or a lot of those offenses that are a problem, which eye pokes have become a huge problem. Yeah. The only way to get guys to stop doing that stuff is to penalize them in the ring at the moment of the fight. Yeah. Because every fighter is going to try to continue no matter whether they feel like they're dead or not. Yeah. So you can't leave it up to them to be like, oh, I, I want a point. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to fucking try to act weak in yeah. the middle of a fist fight. Jeremy Stevens wanted to continue that fight. He, yeah, he just couldn't open his eye. Yeah, he couldn't – he, he physically couldn't open his eye and he wanted to continue that fight. Yeah. Okay, number four, live scoring during the fights. Made available to the audience or the fighters as well. Put it up on the jumbo screen. Let everybody see it. I have very mixed feelings about this. So do I. 
but it'd be cool to interesting to see because then you know if you're getting fucked and you have to finish the fight or could you imagine the crowd cheering or booing as the fight's good fuck those judges that suck i think you're highlighting a different problem i see where you're going i think the ufc just needs more adequate judges they can't they don't they don't control that the ufc doesn't hire the judges or, well whoever fucking does that the athletic commissions i believe hire the judges they need to, that doesn't make any sense to me no it does you can't have the promoter judge the fight who fucking cares? What do you mean? Who cares? Who the guy you, that's the guy that the guy promoting the fight who who pays the fighters gets to decide who wins if it goes to decision? Not him. It's not like Dana White is going to stand on the side. You and cannot go, have that. Yes, you. That can. is corruption at the highest level. All right. First off, you think Dana White is going to sit on the sideline and think? You know what? I really want so and so to win the fight. No, no, no. Give him extra points. We're talking about a very specific person. You you have to look at sports as overall. Okay. You can't look at something and be like, okay, we're gonna hope that all these promoters are not scumbags, and we're gonna hope that they hire people that are qualified to do this. That's why you have athletic commissions that say, no, 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 you don't do that. You do what we say because we don't want that shit going on. So you have athletic commissions hire the judges to do that. It's an outside agency that doesn't benefit no matter who wins or loses. Yeah, but the problem they here— They still get paid off, but— The, the problem—until <laughs> they're paid off. Yeah. The problem here is that it's all good in theory, but when they hire judges who don't know the sport and are completely miscalculating, it almost defeats the purpose. I mean, how many fights have we seen that just—the scoring just doesn't make sense? Exactly. Hmm? Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. The athletic commissions need to do a better job. That's uh, what it is. Yeah, no, 100% agree there. But, uh, all right, we're defeating the purpose here. They need need better judges. Yes. But I I think that live scoring would be an interesting thing. Yeah. To see how how the fighters and the coaches react with the advice that they give. How guys who are down two rounds, whether they just throw in the towel because they're getting – they know that this guy doesn't have the ability to beat him. Or whether he just comes out like a bat out of hell, knowing that he has to get the finish. Yeah. And see if guys coast. Yeah. If you I, know you're up two rounds, you're just like, I don't have to take damage. Yeah. I know that I got to get a takedown. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, it, I I have very mixed feelings about that. But, again, how many fights have we seen where you're like, dude, fucking Shogun won that. Or so-and-so won that. He definitely won it. He's got two rounds in the bag. Yeah. And then they give it to the other guy. And you're like, what the fuck? If he knew that, he wouldn't. He might not have just not done as much that last round. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it could I don't also know. Go, it could also go the other way. A guy could be up two rounds, not know it, and then he might look at the third round and be like, you know what? I can play this safe. Exactly. I can play this super duper safe. How many how many times do you think we would see a third round where a guy goes in for the takedown and is well, like, oh well? Why is it so? For- Here's another question. Why do you think it's so foreign? Why yeah. is that concept foreign to you? What live scoring? Yeah, because I haven't seen it yet. Because you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, every single other sport you've ever watched has live scoring. That's true. Football knows what the score is. Baseball, basketball, hockey—they all know what what the score is. Yeah. Again, playing devil's advocate for the sake of playing devil's advocate, but we those aren't based on judges. Those are concrete. Yes, but it is a score. It is their scoring system. Yeah. It's combat sports is the only scoring system that is not played out live. Yeah. Which That's is true. weird. That's true. It's weird. Well, why not take it a step? Uh, okay, I'm already going to regret saying yeah. this. Continue on. So, 
Number five, five judges. Okay. Just because if there's one shitty one in there, we can get him the fuck out if the other four don't see it the same way. Wasn't that why there's three? Yeah, but two people can be dumb. Hmm. You know, like like when you see a fight where it's like, oh, 30, 27, 30, 27, 30, 27, except two had it for one and one had it for the other guy. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, all right, could have been a close fight. Could have been either way. Or, or that guy could not know what he's doing. Yeah. So if you have five judges, I think that it's like if you get two people or three people in a room and you ask them a question, like, or ask them what they think about something, you can get more of a, I think you get more of a harder line about who won if you have more people. The more people you ask, as far as quali- quote unquote, we're using the word qualified very loosely, but qualified personnel, yeah, the more the merrier. Uh, yeah, I agree. I would like to see the definition of qualified be fulfilled more adequately. Than There's been some horror stories where, like, judges have asked guys, like, what is he doing there when the guy's yeah. going for a triangle choke? Shit I'm not like one. Who, you're the one who gets angry at this sport. I'm not. But that shit yeah. drives me up, up this goddamn wall. Yeah. It'd be like a, a football guy being like, what's face masking? <laughs> what's offsides? What, what's offsides? Yeah. All right. So that was it for Fight Fan Weekly. Well, we're going to go to the second segment now. Oh, shit. We're going to be talking about this upcoming fight night, UFC. Um, this is one of the prelim cards. I know this is going to be the next 10 minutes of you telling me about people I don't know. Yes. Uh, Tiago Alves versus Tim Mean. I'm not mean. I'm nice. Yeah. Tiago Alves, I don't give a shit. I like Tiago Alves. I don't care if he's had not a lot of success the last couple of years. I'm going with Tiago Alves because I love his leg kicks. I'm going with Tim Mean simply because his name is Tim. Yep. Uh, you might be very well correct on that. But oh. <laughs> I'm going with Alves because I've, I've liked him for a long time. Yeah, I just like him fight. I just like him oh, as a right, fighter. Right, well, there you go. Let's go, man. Going to the main card, we're going with Aspen Ladd versus Yana. I can't see that. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I'm the worst person not, ever. Not like you can pronounce it anyway. Yeah, I should have stuck with that. Uh, with Yana Kudatskaya. Kunitskaya. I was close. Uh, Aspen, the uh, has no name. Yeah. yeah. She looks like Arya. She does look like Arya Stark. Um, she's the one that lost to Jermaine uh, Durandame uh, in like remember, 10 seconds. I remember this. Yeah. Um, I think she was undefeated before that. Yeah. Uh, but According to, to UFC, she's still undefeated. Yeah. Yana was one of those girls that they brought in, I believe, to fight Cyborg when nobody else would. And Cyborg put a beating on her. Um. The girl, the lady that just beat Aspen Ladd, Jermaine Durandame, she's, she's now up, fighting for the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know. Um, Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. So, it looks like right now in the women's league, leagues, all, all the divisions, yeah. that you have a handful of outliners, right? Does anyone else in this league, in this division – Hold a candle. Because who's coming up right now? Amanda Nunez. All right. So you have Amanda Nunez in her division, right? She is, right now, she is like the Ronda Rousey, right? She she appears to be unstoppable. And then you have... She's the GOAT. She's a GOAT. She is the GOAT. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. 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 And then uh, the blonde chick that I love who does the fun dancing after her matches. Yo, um, Jesus Christ, the Iron Lady. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to put Co- you on the spot. Not Kovalkovich. Jesus Christ, you just fucking made me forget it. Um, 
Valentina Shevchenko. Thank you. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko. In her division, she's also looked like she's untouchable right now. With the exception of those two girls, does anyone really stand a chance? Is anyone up in their league? It's it's hard to it's hard to tell sometimes. I think that Jermaine Durandame, mm-hmm. uh, she's a very good striker. Okay. She poses a lot of threats to a lot of girls in the division because she's very powerful kickboxer. Yeah. That one with um, with Nunez is going to be interesting. Okay. Um, and she fights kind of dirty sometimes. She sucker punched Holly Holm twice in their fight and never got a point taken Nunes? away. Uh, Jermaine. Two, like, there were, she threw like three, four strikes total after the bell. Remind me of this. And I would, rocked her both times. I would want to see that clip. Yeah. If we can. Jamie, yeah, pull that up. Jamie, pull that up. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes, even when somebody is very good, because the sometimes the leaps and bounds, even the women's MMA is like so much more competitive than it was. Yeah. It's hard to tell because a, they don't get a lot of the, the shine that they should. Yeah. So it's hard to tell who's good and who's not because they're just not very popular, some of them. Yeah. Just yeah. like in the men's division, you don't know who, you know, nobody knew who um, Jorge Masvidal was that wasn't a hardcore MMA fan, and now he's the best in the world. A year and a half ago, nobody no fucking knew who he was. So yeah. it's hard to tell who's on the cusp of greatness and who's has the potential for greatness and who's not. So... I think Aspen Ladd had a lot of promise. Yana, I think they brought in. She's a solid fighter, but when they brought her in against Cyborg, it was kind of like nobody else can, was going to fight her. Feeding her to the wolves almost. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we got they got to figure that out. And then, honestly, I think one of the only fights that people would really want to see would be you know, the Iron Lady versus Amanda. But I, I think that there's a weight disparity there, man. I think that. The sizing just so much favors. Um, it's so much favors uh, Amanda because Amanda has fought at one thirty-five and one forty-five. She now holds both belts, and uh, the Iron Lady is one twenty-five. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. That's a yeah. lot of weight. It's a lot of weight for guys. Yeah, like what the fuck? That's a, that's a big jump. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a ton of talent down there. It's just a matter of of who can put it together. Like I said, you still got the Boogie Woman, Joanna Janjacek. Okay. You still got Rose Namajunas. You got you got a lot of killers. But again, um, you don't know when they're going to hit their stride when they're going to hit the wall. So, sorry, I took us on a tangent. Who no, do you- I don't. No, I like that. But I don't. I don't know. I think Aspen, after that disappointing loss to uh, to um, Jermaine Duraname, I think she's going to come out a little pissed off. That's fair. I think she's going to want to prove that she's the fucking the bee's knees, and I think she's going to put it on Yana. So Yana better better come correct. <laughs> I'm going to follow you on that one. I, I have Aspen as well because I clearly know what I'm doing. Next up, we have uh, – you can do this one. Stefan Struve versus Ben Rothwell. I gave you the easy one. Yeah. I gave you the easy one. Um, Stefan Struve is seven feet tall. Holy good God. He has the same reach as John Jones, huh. who's 6'4". That shows you how tall, how big John's reach is. That's ridiculous. It's the same Duke can take, reach. Duke can take flight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you're fighting a guy with a reach of a seven-foot-tall man in a 6'4 body. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Do you hear what Tito Ortiz says? No. He, he just said the other day that he could take John Jones. I think it was yesterday. 
Okay. Okay. Mo- moving on. I don't moving want to make on. you angry. Moving um, on. So Tito's ben, a legend. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Ben Rothwell is coming off of three losses mm-hmm. over the span of three years. He took. He looks like it took a huge break. I don't know either fighter super duper well, but going off that fact in and of itself, I'm going to give it to Steven over there. Stefan. Stefan. Yeah, Stefan, uh, solid fighter, always poses a lot of problems, very good off his back. Um, he gets hit a lot for a guy his height. He's he's a, Not that he's lumbering, but he's a little slow. He's just There's a lot of space to hit. Well, yeah, well, put it like Mark Hunt. Granted, Mark Hunt's a K1-level striker, very high-level striker, but he's only 5'11". He, not, he broke his jaw. Oh, so... How can he even reach up that? He high? doesn't use his distance the way that you would want to say the it. way that like Jones uses his distance. Yeah, and Ben Rothwell hits fucking hard. But I agree. I think Stefan's been a little more active. He's on a little bit more of a of a positive streak here. So I'll go with Struve too. Sounds like a plan to me. All right, we have Marina Rodriguez versus Cynthia Calvillo. Yeah, this is the one that I'm most unfamiliar with on the entire card because I don't, I can't recall who they fought last or what. This is a total shot in the dark for me because I'm drawing a blank. Even when we looked it up, I didn't remember watching any of those fights offhand. Yeah. So, which I'm sure you did. I'm sure that I did, but I just can't yeah, think of them yeah, offhand. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I think. I'll say Calvillo. Because I think I remember seeing her fight last, and I think I remember being like, this This girl's fucking good. I'm pretty sure it was Calvillo. I, I'm having trouble placing the fights. That's fair. Yeah. You know? So, coin toss. Boom. I'm going to go with Marina because I like that song, Marina Del Rey, by George Strait. I don't know who that is. You don't? What? You... I don't know George Stray. Stray? Straight. Straight. George Strait. George Strait. We're going to have words. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ. Yep. All right. And for the main event, we have Alistair Overeem, big boy, versus yes. uh, Jarzino Rosenstruck. That was pretty good. Yeah. It's like it's almost like they don't like Alistair. Because they give him nothing but beasts. Well, they give him nothing but guys that fucking shut people's lights out early. Yeah. And Alistair has, like, like you know how the Death Star has that one little spot? Yeah. That's, like, that spot on Alistair is almost his whole head now. Okay. And I, I say that with the utmost fucking respect. Yeah, yeah. It's just the guy has been through so many fucking wars that he just can't take damage anymore. But he's so fucking good that he can still beat people at the highest level. Like, it's a crazy, like, it's so crazy because it's it's very apparent with Alistair that he's he has a difficulty taking a shot. Now, yeah. granted, it's the heavyweight division. Everyone, Everyone hits hard. Yeah. But it's almost like he's at that such a disadvantage from the amount of wars that he's been in. It's like all guys got to do is touch him once or twice, and it's like he's on Queer Street. So he fights at a level with this chess match where he has to be able to get in and out without getting hit at all. He can't take him anymore. So he is such a high-level striker, though, that he's able to figure that out most of the time against guys that could knock out pretty much any dude in the planet. Yeah, yeah. The problem that he has with this guy is that this guy's last three fights combined were less than two minutes. Yeah. 
He has a 19-second knockout. A 9-second knockout. A 9-second knockout and a 55-second knockout. It's not a lot of time. So, Alistair. Uh, in the second round. Was it the second round? Yeah, it was. Three fights ago was the second round. Are you sure? Positive. 100% okay. positive. Okay. So, that's... Correction. Okay, so that's... So, seven minutes. Still. So, the yeah. The past three fights haven't equated to two full rounds. I mean, that's good for... It's good if he can go the distance. Yeah, but Alistair I mean, doesn't want to go that. He doesn't. Alistair wants to put you out as quickly as possible because here's the thing. It over the long enough time period, you're going to get hit. Yeah. So Alistair what he, Alistair wants to do early, he always does this. He wants to avoid damage and he wants to f- find your feints. He's going to throw feints, he's going to find what your reactions are to those feints, and then late in the first, early in the second, he's going to pick his shots and try to knock you out with yeah. them. And they're going to be one or two shot combos. That's it. Um, if he thinks that Rosenstruck isn't a good wrestler, which I don't think he's known for his wrestling, you'll see Alistair probably throw more kicks. But also he's susceptible to like right straights and jab when he throws the kicks because you're planted now. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Alistair's been trying to clinch with guys a lot lately too, though. Maybe to avoid like the open shots. And Alistair has the most horrific knees, maybe in ever in MMA. But he throws knees like nobody else does. Yeah, you can yeah. tell they're different. So Alistair's on a two-fight win streak. Fuck it. I'm going with Overeem. Overeem. Going fucking Overeem. I still think he can win the title. Just because I like to be different, I'm going to go with Rosenstruck. Yeah. I hope Over- Overeem's one of those guys like Yoel Romero. Nobody really wants to fight him. He's actually probably less scary you all at this point, but he can fucking knock anybody out yeah, on any yeah, given yeah. night. So I want to see Overeem win the title at some point. He's getting close to the end of that, and I think if he wins against this guy, it puts him in, a, in maybe like a one more fight, and then he goes for the title. All right. Well, let's hope he gets it then. I want to see Overeem versus DC. <laughs> all right, well, that about wraps us up for this long episode of Fight Fan Weekly. Yes, sir. Uh, go to brodownpro.com. Like, subscribe, hit all the buttons. All of them. Just fucking all of the buttons. And we will see you guys next time. You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all fucking day. Oh.